is John with Staging a Podcast. Today I've got Doug from 37 Effects and the Masters of the Cinematic Universe podcast here to talk with me about uh, what he's got going on in, in his uh, building and fun movie life. So what's up, Doug? Hey, how's it going, John? I'm thrilled to be here. I'm very excited for this. You know, it's, it's going good, man. You know, just uh, in, enjoying another day off before I end up getting getting back to work so yeah yeah i know about that yep <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know the, the the struggle but at least with with my schedule i go to i go to work and it's monday i leave work that day and it's uh it's friday so <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true yeah so um you started 37 effects what uh two years ago now yeah it's uh, 2020 um i had been building pedals you know for fun kits and 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 you know vero board pedals for just for fun i love the whole tinkering thing i got that from my dad um he was a tinkerer and he taught me everything he knows or knew and uh yeah so i was doing it for fun and i came up with the idea for the fat guy little coat which was my first pedal you know that i that i sold um it's a small enclosure fuzz um the goal at that point wasn't even to sell it. I was building it to see if I could, you know, fit all that into a small enclosure. <laughs> and, um, you know, once I had it together and I listened to it, the names just sort of came to me and I showed some friends in some of the gear groups I'm in and the podcast groups I'm in and like everybody, you know, they kind of flipped out and thought it was a great idea. So <clears throat> yeah, 37 effects was born from that. Um, I think June, May or June of 2020 was the first pedal I sold. Give okay. So, you know. Yeah, I know. I got mine in, uh, I think, January of 21. Right. Yep. So, yep. Um, you know, one thing I like, I mean, it's it's sweet, simplistic, one knob, go from little easy fuzz to over the top. Yeah. But I, I think one of the coolest things that you started doing is – being able to let people customize their, their colors of, you know, the knob, the, um, the nut. Yeah. You know, I think that's, that's pretty cool. And, you know, being, being a small builder like you <clears throat> makes, I'm sure makes that, you know, a lot easier compared to, you know, doing it, you know, one of the big companies, you know, they're not going to do that. Oh, absolutely. No, it, it's, you know, that, that, listen, there are so many builders out there all trying to get something going and you got to have some kind of, you know, some kind of uh, grab. You got to have some kind of, you know, whether it's the name or the look or something to differentiate yourself from, from yeah. everyone else. And, you know, I, listen, I'm not reinventing the wheel here, not by a long shot, um, <laughs> you know, but yeah, I started, I started doing, uh, I started painting, you know, rattle can painting the enclosures and then it was actually Brian Gower from the Tone Jerks podcast who just hit me up like half jokingly, can you make a hot pink one? And I said, sure. <laughs> and I bought nice. some paint and, and it worked. It came out, it came out good. So I started doing that. Um, it, it gets to be a lot <laughs> when you're, when you're painting so many different colors and everything. So I sort of scaled that part of it back and went in the direction that you talked about, you know, customizing the color of the hardware. Um, 
I have since gotten made, well, I've made connections, some fantastic connections, especially started with the fat guy. Um, I had posted some pictures on Instagram, you know, about the start of the, the quote company and Alex from Copper Sound Pedals reached out to me um, just out of the blue because he's a fellow Massachusetts builder, uh, builder. I mean, you know, it's Copper Sound Pedals. <laughs> and, right. uh, you know, yeah, we struck up a friendship and, and he was in, integral in, in helping me get uh, move from the Vero board builds to a PCB. You know, um, we got together and, and, you know, he offered his design skills, um, you know, his PCB design skills to help me move it to the next stage. And um, it's made a, it made a big difference. Obviously, you know, it sped up the builds and, and gave a better quality product. So um, that definitely moved me. And now <laughs> I've even started getting stuff powder coated. Um, which is a lot more efficient way to offer different colors um, as opposed to just a brush aluminum. So I just started doing that with the, with the fat guy. So we'll see where That's that goes. Cool. Yeah. Um, so you, you, you started with the fat guy and then last year you, you put out the tombstone. Yeah. Yep. Um, now is that just based off of like a, like a range master or what? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the circuit is a basic range master circuit, but uh you know, I put I put the uh, the switch, the three way switch in it uh, to give a little bit, you know, to give three different voicings to, okay. to the, you know, so the, the, the regular setting is just a standard treble boost. And then it goes fatter and then fattest sort of, you know, um, and, you know, it adds bass back into the mix. So it gives people okay. options depending on what they, you know, what they're looking for in a particular yeah. song or riff or anything. So, um yeah, so no, that was the like, second pedal. It looks like those are uh, currently out of stock, though. Uh, so well, you, the fact are you working yeah, on the, making them? Yeah, so the fat guy is is a build to order thing. So you can always go on the website and order one, <clears throat> and the average turn time is about seven to ten, you know, business days, and I'll get it out to you. Because the tombstone is powder coated. I do that in batches. So I actually just oh, got okay. a batch of some enclosures in. So I'm going to open that back up in the next week or so uh, for some sales. And, uh, you know, we're going to run it. We're going to run it in batches. And I'm going to kind of do that with the fat guy as well going forward, because as I start getting these powder coated, I'm going to do small runs of different colors, you know, uh, so there'll mm -hmm. be X amount available in this color. And then, you know, a little bit later, there'll be X amount more in a, in a different color. Um, so that's all coming. Okay. Um, I mean, I'll be honest in between the release of the tombstone last year and now I did sort of pull back a bit from the building. It got, you know, had a lot going on, you know, how life gets you, mm -hmm. um, Yeah, and, you know, I know your family was growing at that time too. Yeah, exactly. You know, we have a grant, I have my first grandchild, uh, Holly was born in October. So, you know, yeah, just lots going on. So real life got in the way. So I eased back. So. You know, the start of the new year, I started getting the juices flowing again. Um, you know, I had a couple of requests for, for Fat Guy Builds and did that. And, uh, you know, so I've got some stuff cooking as far as new pedals go. And, uh, you know, I'm going to ramp up the production of the two I have out, um, you know, now. So that'd be cool. So where did uh, you come up with the name 37? Uh, it's always been my number. 
like it's it's uh my favorite number or my lucky number even as a okay. kid when playing you know sports that you know my my jersey number was 37 so it just sort of stuck um and then i did the you know well brilliant's not the right word because you know the company is called 37 effects but it's the word 30 the number seven fx just to really confuse everyone <laughs> so right. you know but yeah that's what it is so if you want to if you want to check the website out it's 37fx.com so the word 30 the number seven fx.com so yeah it's always it's always been that way um it's funny because my co-host on on the the masters of the cinematic U- universe podcast joel Rourke, he he also found me out when we did uh, Cool Hand Luke, um, which is my favorite movie of all time, and uh, he noticed that Paul Newman's character was num- was prisoner number thirty-seven, so that had something to do with it too. You know, it just it all clicked into place. Yeah, that's pretty. You know, that serendipitous. You know, the way that things work out sometimes. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, let's see, what got you? You said you just started. Like you started tinkering because your dad was a tinkerer and that, that was just about it, huh? Yes. Right. Yeah. So my dad and my grandfather, um, I was young when my grandfather passed, but my grandfather worked for Sperry on Long Island, which was a, at the time a defense contractor. Um, and, you know, so he was into electronics and he would build everything on his own. I mean, I, I actually got to play with a transistor radio that he built for my dad when my dad was a kid um, that still worked. You know, in the 70s when I started messing around with it. Um, So my dad got his love of tinkering from his dad and I got it from him. I mean, you know, the garage always had a car in it we were working on or, you know, he my dad would just build anything he needed. If if he he needed a, you know, a a work stand or or a bench, he'd built it. You know, he'd Mm -hmm. get some wood and he'd build it or it's pretty much anything. He would he would come up with really creative ways to to do a lot of different things, a lot of household stuff rather than go out and buy it, you know? And, uh, I could, I, I could have taken more of that to heart, you know, but I was your typical kid who didn't want to listen half the time, but, um, of it definitely stuck with me. You know, I, I, when my dad passed in 2015, part of my eulogy to him was the fact that there's not a day that goes by that I don't fix something, build something or think about building something that, you know, is because it's all because of him. Okay. And, and, you know, I said, Oh my, you know, like in my head, I'll be doing something. I'll go, yeah, my dad taught me that, you know? So I know he would be happy to see, to see where I, where I've gone with this now. It's uh it's definitely a, a big part of my motivation. I lose you. Are you there? Nope, I'm here now. Okay, uh, yeah, I don't know what happened there. Um, yeah, how did, how did you end up getting uh, getting together with the uh, the masters? Oh, all right, yeah. Well, that, that's actually gear related as well. Um, I it's a silly story, but it's fun. Um, I don't know, two three years ago maybe. Um, I was part of a pedal secret Santa that was put together by. Uh, Paul and Cole from the Flip and Flippers podcast, two great dudes, like wonderful humans. Um, and the the stipulation was when you got your pedal, you had a video yourself opening it. And I, you know, I was shy about stuff like that uh, at the time, but I did it. I said, all right, this is the rules, so I'll do it. And 
Mm-hmm. For some for some crazy reason, when I posted the video in the group, like everybody was flipping out because I I don't know apparently got this kind of weird you know New York slash kind of New England accent. It's a hybrid, I guess. I grew up in New York on Long Island, and I've been up here in Massachusetts for seventeen years, I think, uh, eighteen years. So, uh, you know, and right after I released that video, uh, it was Joe O'Rourke, my 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 co-host on Masters, and uh, he he has in, or he yeah he has another podcast called the Just Surprise Me podcast. It's him and Will Lehu, and at the time uh, R.J. Smith, and they asked me to guest on that. And I did it and had a great time. So I would I would be a fairly frequent guest host because everybody's schedules were so crazy. I was the only guy to be available almost every time because, you know, I just hang out at home. <laughs> so um, they had me do that. And then they eventually asked me to be a permanent host on Just Surprise Me. So I'm, I actually do that one every week as well. Um, the Just Surprise Me is a very loose format. It's just four guys talking about random stuff for an hour um it's it's adult it's very adult so be warned if you are going to look it up but it's a fun it's a fun podcast um and then joe had the idea for the movie podcast so he had connected with my other co-host eric pabone eric is a uh, is a um artist down in, in the orlando area uh fantastic artist he does you know a lot of superhero comic book style art and i've actually got some pieces of his on the wall um, because he's so good. So, uh, yeah, the three of us got together and we came up with the format and we've been doing that now for a year and a half. So that's a, that's a podcast that's out every two weeks. Um, the episodes are long. They come in parts cause we do a deep dive into, uh, you know, we each pick movies and we do a deep dive into that movie, basically a scene by scene. Um, and you know, we'll throw in clips from the movie sound clips from, the movie and, and talk about the, the clips and such as well, um, as well as provide trivia. We all try to dig up as much trivia and, and background information on the movies as well, because it's always fun to know, you know, how things were done when the, when the movie right. was made or, you know, the actor's motivation or, you know, who might have gotten the role, things like that. So we try to insert that. But, yeah, we do it in parts so you can spread it out. And then uh, we also recently started doing what we call bonus episodes or master's classes. <laughs> Um, that are shorter, you know, generally anywhere from a half hour to an hour that, you know, okay. where we might talk about our favorite director or, you know, holiday movies that we think are cool, you know, so, so you've got some options as you can listen to the, you know, if you, if you're interested in the movie we're doing, you can, you can dive in and listen to that, but there's also some, you know, more short form stuff that just talks about movies in general. So, and, you know, it, we, we've grown in popularity. I mean, you know, as podcasts go, we're still small potatoes, but, you know, we've got some sponsors now. And um, I, I forgot to ask you, when when will this podcast drop? Today. Perfect. All right. And the reason I'm asking yeah, is because next. You got yeah. your live thing next week. Right. Uh, that's exactly it. So we we are going to be doing a panel at a small Comic-Con in Orlando. Um next week so it's really i'm really excited about it um so i'm flying down to florida because joe, joe and uh eric are both florida residents so uh okay. i'm flying down there friday night saturday we're going to do this panel um at the comic-con and uh yeah i'll come home sunday night so if you are in the orlando area and you know for whatever bizarre reason you want to 
meet and hang out, <laughs> we're going to be there. Uh, it's Mystic Con, and uh, yeah, it's in Orlando. So look it up. It's a one day con. Um, you know, we're going to be doing some some bar hopping and karaoke singing and stuff when we're not at the con. And uh, yeah, nice. you want to come by and hang out? It'll be a good time. Um, so how did how did that end up coming coming on? Was it because uh, people uh, was it Eric having the um, the art and knowing yes. people in that that got you into it? Okay, exactly. Yeah. So Eric, I mean, and and the like. Eric's a fantastic artist, but he 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 he's successful because he hustles more than anybody I know. He works a, a, a comic con or an art show or anything that he can get almost every single weekend. He's there. He's selling his art. He's making connections. Um, so, I mean, you know, it's well-deserved, again, because his art's fantastic. Um, I'll give him a plug, too. It's artofericpabone.com. Uh, you should really check him out, especially if you're again into superhero comic book art. Um, his prices are reasonable, and he's got a really varied uh, offering. But uh, yeah, so Eric, because of his connections there, um, and you know, he, he worked in this con in the past, this comic con in the past, he uh, he got us he got us hooked up. So um, yeah, we're we're all very excited about it. You know, we're, uh, we we did a dry run the other night. It went well, and. Uh, we're ready to go. We'll we'll record it also, and then we'll release it as an episode, um, probably the following week or the week after that. So, yeah, I think yeah, that would be. Uh, I think that would be a really cool way to uh, to to do an episode. You know. Yeah. Yep. I've. Um, let me think. You here are going to be episode number five. Um, mm-hmm. I had I had two episodes where. Uh, one of my buddies, he works for Lakeland Bases, and uh, he just came over and was sitting with me for two episodes. Which nice. It, it was definitely it was it was a different feel having you know somebody in front of me rather than you know just being on a set of headphones. Oh, definitely, definitely. So, I I I get that. Um, it's funny because we for the longest time with the Just Surprising podcast and even Masters, um, that's what we did. I mean, obviously they're in Florida. And I'm up here in the Northeast. So it was all virtual and all remote. Um, and we had a guest on to do Fight Club on Masters. And um, Samantha Har is her name. She's part of a couple of very large podcasts down in Florida, uh, Sam Antics and uh, the Tom and Dan Show. So she came on. And before we were start ready to start the episode, she goes, what, you guys don't do video? And we didn't even think about it. Um, and then we, we opened up a Facebook messenger video chat so we could see each other. And it was like the best thing ever, <laughs> you know, we, you know, I record it. We don't release it yet. We're, we're thinking about YouTube down the road, but just yeah. the fact that we can see each other, it's a fantastic thing. So, you know, I, I set up a zoom account and, uh, you know, we do that so we can, we can interface. Um, and, and it definitely makes a difference in the conversation because you can see the reactions and such. So, um, yeah, I, I totally I can totally get what you're saying about, you know, it, it, it is different and, and it's fun to have somebody there with you. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah. With, with doing the remote thing like you do the same, it's just, yeah, I I've thought about doing the doing Zoom or doing like Google Meets mm-hmm. or something. I just haven't haven't pulled the trigger yet. Yeah. Um, no, I get it. So. I'll, I'll figure it out. You know, this is still still in its infancy. Oh, of course. And again, this we we were doing we were doing the the 
Just Surprising podcast is almost three or four years old. I don't remember. And Masters is a year and a half. So it's only been the last six months that we've we've done it with both. So yeah, it's always evolving. You always, you know, you adjust the way you do it, whether it whether it be format or, or technique or or everything. It's 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 yeah. an evolving but it's a living breathing thing is what it is, the bottom line. Um and I like your uh I like your idea of oh hey, let's just start with the, the Facebook messenger video. Like right. so so simple. Exactly. Yeah, I bet there's tons of people out there who never even would have thought. Right. And it's yeah. free. That's a, that's the thing about Messenger. It's free. I mean, it's a little it's a little limiting if you plan on eventually doing something, releasing something, you know, video wise on YouTube or something. But uh, for for just getting the vibe of, again, of feeding off each other visually, uh, the Messenger app is is great. It's perfect, you know, um, but even Google Meets is free. And um, for for that purpose, not for recording so much, but, you know, for again, for visually uh, connecting, uh, Google Meets is free and and Microsoft Teams is free. So, you know, but yeah, yeah. For the purposes of recording the video, I went with Zoom. It's just a little more professional, easy to to manage. So, And I'm probably, you know what, I'm scratching the surface. There's probably a million other ways to do it. You know, I'm only learning. Oh, probably. Yeah. The nice thing with Zoom, though, is, you know, you can sit there in your office and make it look like you're on a beach. No, exactly. Exactly. Yep. Ridiculous stuff. So I'm actually on Eric's site right now. Oh, great. And yeah, his art is freaking awesome. Isn't it amazing? And, yeah. Um, I am a, uh, I'm a huge Freddie fan. Yep. Yep. And he, he's got this one here where Freddie's holding a white claw and he's in like the most 1980s <laughs> socks and rollerblades. Exactly. Exactly. It, that is great. Yeah. He, he's got a great eye for that sort of thing. And, and just so you know, he does commissions too. I mean, he sells those prints. Those are, those are, you know, created art that he sells from the website, but he also does commissions. He does a lot of work for families. Um, I've seen some of his family portraits that, you know, the family will ask, can you put us in Avengers costumes? And, you know, he'll do it. And it looks fantastic. Um, on his site now, if you see the Iron Giant one, I commissioned him to do that for me um, because I love the Iron Giant. He had never really done Iron Giant before. So he did that for me and then asked if he could put it on the site. And I'm like, of course you can. And he's actually sold a few of them. So, um, yeah, he's he's really talented, really versatile and and. You know, he listens to you when when, you know, you do have a commission or you do have an idea that you want to work with him on. So, yeah, that's fun. So yep. um, I know one thing that uh, <clears throat> one thing that I had brought up to you since uh, you do deep dives in, into movies that we, sh- you know, being this is a music podcast, we should talk about um, our top. Well, either top five favorite music movies or, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't, if you don't want to necessarily call it a top five, cause I'm, you know, I, I was having a hard time narrowing it down and then putting a number on things. No, oh, me too. Me too. You I've know? got, I've got way more than five <laughs> written on my list and we don't have to go through them all, but um, no, it, it, it is difficult. So, um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, we had talked about this. I thought it was a great idea. Um, I broke mine down into like soundtrack driven movies and, actual musicals or what you would consider a musical so um, um let me take a look here because i've got biopic documentary style that or a false biopic music driven movie yeah 
So yeah. I'm about out there. What, what's first on your list? So if we're going soundtrack, um, I'll lump these two together. It's almost famous and dazed and confused because they, they are movies of my youth. I mean, you know, by off by a little bit. I mean, both took place when I was younger. I mean, you know, they both take, well, almost famous is 73 and dazed and confused, I think takes place in 78 or something. So that's a little more, you know, my teenage years, 78, 79, 80, I graduated high school in 81, but, um, the music in those in those movies just it hits home every single time I watch them. You know, um, just the classic rock stuff that I grew up on. So those those two were very important to me musically and and uh, movie wise. So what, what do you got for the, your top top couple? I think I lost you again. Okay. You there? Yep, I'm here. Yeah, Stupid. internet problems, I guess. Yeah, got to be something. So the first movie I've got is La Bamba. So anybody who knows me has yep. heard me saying it for, you know, 30-something years. This is my favorite movie. Um, yeah. It is what made me want to become a guitar player. Um, Just... <laughs> Being cool rocker, like I don't know. I grew up on yeah. I grew up on a, a lot of the early rock and roll and Motown and Stacks and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, getting into <clears throat> getting into the oldies rock, it was just perfect. You know, and I know with uh, with La Bamba, there's accuracies in it and a lot of inaccuracies. Yeah, you know. I, I've had the pleasure to talk with um, Donna Ludwig Fox, uh, Richie's ex-girlfriend. Wow. Um, she, she said that, um, you know, they didn't meet in high school like they did. You there? There's there's some other things like uh, you know he goes to um, his brother takes him to Tijuana. He wakes up the next morning and he's got the flying guitar tattooed on his arm. Like in real life, <laughs> okay. in real yeah. life, he he woke up and had his initials tattooed on his arm. Um, ah, okay, but, all right, yeah. But you know, being that it was such a big influence, I've got my whole left forearm is a strat with wings. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. Um, so, yeah, that's that was my first one. You know, that one's just been a lifer for me. Yep. So, uh, what's your next one? Uh, so I'll jump over to the actual musical category. Um, so I it's, it's funny. I grew up – so my, my, my grandma, my mom's mom, lived with us uh, when I was young, well, through my teenage years. But um, for her birthday, every year – on Long Island, my mom and dad would buy tickets to go to uh, Jones Beach Theater because they ran like Rodgers and Hammerstein musicals every summer, <laughs> Oklahoma okay. and, and Carousel and all that stuff. So I was a young kid who was like immersed in this, you know, old school Broadway musical stuff. And 
So that got me excited. And, and actually when I was old enough, I, um, you know, I caught West side story, you know, the 1961 version of West side story. And it completely captivated me. I mean, the music, the dance, the, the acting, everything about it, um, w- was just insanely good. So, um, I managed to see that on Broadway in a revival in the eighties. I don't remember when it came out again. It might've been the late seventies, but anyway, uh, it was cool to see it live on Broadway, but that movie and that, yeah, everything about that again, it, it, it encapsulates what I loved about that style back in the day. And I, I still watch it every now and then just to, you know, to sit back and enjoy. So yeah, that would be my, yeah. my first musical musical movie you know and and Natalie Woods a fox so yeah yes um have have you seen the uh the remake they did last year I have not yet I'm a little hesitant I know it's Spielberg and I've heard good things about it um I I I'm a fan of uh Ansel Agort's acting like in Baby Driver and stuff but I don't know how I and and the thing is from what I've read he's the weak link in that so um, I will I will watch it. I'm not opposed to watching it, but the 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 original means so much to me that um, I, I kind of want to leave it alone for a little bit, you know. Yeah, I understand. Those things can really really sour stuff. Yeah, but again, I've heard I've heard great things about it, and again, it's Spielberg. I mean, he's to me he's never done a bad movie. Even the movies that were sort of considered stinkers are still good, you know. I mean, it's yeah. Steven Spielberg, you know. So I know the quality is going to be there. And, and, you know, the wow factor is going to be there. And, yeah, I, I will get to it. Yeah. I think it's uh, it's funny you mentioned Ansel and Baby Driver because that was one of the ones that I actually held off of my list. But <laughs> that, that soundtrack is just gets me moving every time. Oh, absolutely. I have it on my list as one of my honorables, Baby Driver and Scott Pilgrim, because I'm a huge Edgar Wright fan to begin with. And. Uh, yeah, Baby Driver. When that came out in 2017, I was blown away by it. Just well, it, how stylized the movie itself is, how the music is so integral to the movie. There wouldn't there wouldn't be a movie without the soundtrack and the right. way that Edgar Wright, you know, wove it into the story. So uh, yeah, I, I dig that movie a lot too. Doug? Yep, I'm here. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Um, have have you seen Sweet and Lowdown? It was a Woody Allen movie from '99. I have not. No. I, I have. Okay. So uh, Sean Penn plays a uh, a jazz guitarist. He says that he's the best in the world, beside Django Reinhardt. <laughs> he's like there's this guy he's over in france his name's Django. he's the only guy in the world better than me he's cocky he's a drunk and uh he's just always coming up with crazy ideas you know like um he'll take girls on dates and he'll he'll get bored sitting at the restaurant or whatever and be like hey you want to go down to the uh you want to go down to the uh Ah, uh, crap. Brain fart, brain fart. Um, garbage dump. Dump. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, and I, I, I'm going to post this more. I lost you again. There we go. 
Um, there we go. Right. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, he's just a wild character. Um, right. Music is great because it's all, you know, that 1930s style gypsy jazz. Um, yep. Yep. Howard Alden did the, uh, did the guitar work. Freaking love that okay. movie just because it's so wild and out there. It's kind of set up in a documentary style. You know, they uh, okay. get get people coming in and, oh, yeah, so, hey, we heard this story about Emmett Ray and yada, yada, yada. So right. um, definitely a, a cool one to kill, you know, two hours if you if you can find yeah. it somewhere. Oh, I'll add it to the list, definitely. I mean, I've heard of it, I, I, but I just – I hadn't seen it. Yeah, that sounds like a good one, definitely. <laughs> um, Excuse me. And I've got a couple that are actually sort of hybrids. They're, they're, they're soundtrack – and musicals, sort of. Um, okay. And this has to, the first one is definitely like one of the tops on my list. It's the movie Once. I don't know if you've seen that one. Um, oh, that's the one. Um, yeah, oh, it's, God, about, it's got the, the guy from the Shades or whatever. From Yes, it, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, He's a busker in, in Dublin. In, um, uh, Glenn Hansard. Yes. And uh, it. is it Dublin? I'm not sure. But um, so, yeah, he's a busker and he meets this girl. Um, She's from Eastern Europe somewhere. And it's a love story. It's a love story. And but it's it's set to music. It's set to his songs. There's there's a lot of dialogue in it, but it's set to all the songs that he's written. And it's a beautiful, beautiful movie. Um, and I, I it, it's funny, the surprising thing at the end is you watch the whole movie, hour and a half, hour and forty, whatever it is, and then you look at the cast list and you you realize that neither of the main characters have a name. Then their names in the cast list are him and her, and that's it. But you, but it, it didn't. Make, it, it's so natural that you didn't learn their names because the conversations they had were so natural, and and just it was. It's a beautiful, beautiful movie, and the, and the music is is great too. Um, so, and then there's yeah, it's it. yeah. I didn't. I did not notice that when I when I watched it. That I, I've only seen it once. <clears throat> yeah. Yep, but yeah, I didn't notice that they're just him and her or whatever. Yeah, huh. and that's it. It's great. It's so so great that again, because you don't. It, it's it's not forced. You don't even notice it because it's so natural, you know. And so that movie was directed by uh, a gentleman named John Carney, and he also did another movie called Sing Street, which is very little known. Um, it's about a kid in Dublin who gets put in a new school. So he's getting picked on, you know, he's the new kid in school. He's getting picked on and such. And he meets a girl that he almost instantly falls in love with. And in order to get in her favor, he tells her he's got a band and he doesn't even play an instrument. So he's got to get oh, his gosh. friends together to, 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 you know, start a band. So he has friends that play instruments and stuff. And they, they start a band and he asked her to be in the music video that they're going to do. And it takes place in the 80s. So the, the soundtrack has, you know, Duran Duran and The Cure and aha and you know it's it's that kind of music and uh and they actually become a really cool good band <laughs> like he becomes the hero and uh again it's a it's a dialogue and music driven movie and it, it it's it's also fantastic i'd recommend that to anyone it's called sing street it came out in 2016 hmm, i'm gonna have to see if that's streaming anywhere because that sounds pretty fun yeah i haven't seen it in a while i, I was going to check that today actually um but uh, yeah, it's a good one, definitely. I've got it right here. Um, 
Yeah, it looks like it's free on Prime Video. So. Oh, excellent. Yeah. All right. You know what? That might be a view for today. <laughs> you know? Uh, let's see. What's next on my list? Oh, I Am Sam. Okay. <clears throat> um, that one, uh, very music-driven, follows, you know, uh, Sam, who's intellectually disabled and yep. ends up having a daughter. The, the mom leaves, and he's having to raise the daughter, and it gets to the point to where you know, the two of them are uh, about equal of intelligence. Um, you know, I don't think they ever actually come out right and say what Sam's disability is. Right. But I think, you know, I uh, looking at the way that he acts and, um, you know, certain things like uh, his his attention to detail and stuff like that makes me think that he's somewhere on the, on the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but then, you know, as, as things go on, you know, daughter's name is Lucy, named her after Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. And okay, yeah. They, they they try taking the kid away from Lost you again. Sorry, I don't know what the heck is happening with that. Maybe it's because it's all right. Don't worry about it. Maybe it's because I'm changing uh, changing screens to go to my uh, my notes and read about the movies. Uh, and stuff. Okay, yeah. But yep. um, yeah. So what I was saying is that it was the first movie I thought something like that at the time. But I knew then I was like, okay, for one, this little girl's adorable. Yep. And for two, if she's acting like this now, she's going to be a great actor as she as she grows if she wants to stick with it. Yep. And I yep. think that's pretty well stood out. Oh yeah. Um, no, I, but, I love stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I take it you you've probably seen that movie, right? Yes, I have. It's been a while, but I have seen it. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, I think I saw it when it first um, came out. Oh yeah, that's two thousand one. Yeah. So that's that's a while ago. Yeah. yeah. Um. It was really because um, 2001 is when I graduated high school. Okay. And um, it's like all of the music, it was like they were getting the who's who of 2001 and being like, here you go, do do Golden Slumbers, uh, Ben Folds, you know. Um, right, right. I really, okay. I really think it's cool that uh, uh, Sean Penn's brother, Michael Man, uh, Michael Penn, and yeah. his wife, Amy, Amy Mann, did two of us for that soundtrack. So, oh, that's great. Yep. yep. It's just interesting, you know, being able to get family involved, even if it's in that much of an outward way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm looking now. That was, uh, that was Dakota Fanning's first movie. She had done some TV okay. before that, but that was her very first movie. So, yeah, I mean, in Dakota Fanning, what can you say? <laughs> You know, she, so I remember her now from I am Sam, but my first exposure to her was man on fire. Um, the Denzel uh, movie, which is also like top 10 for me. I love that movie. Um, but yeah, I mean, Dakota Fanning, like I said, what can you say? She's, she's remarkable. She really is. And you could tell back then you, you nailed it. You knew back then that she was going to be great for the rest of her life, you know? So that's cool. And if, if that was her first movie, then I assume that it was her sister's first movie too, because oh, L. Fanning sister- was in it too. Yeah, that uh, yeah, it has to yeah. be because L's younger than uh, Dakota, so 
I think yeah, she was anyway. She played yeah. um she played young Lucy. Like there's some there's some times where she's about four and oh, all all right. there. And then the seven year old version is, is all Dakota. So Yeah, that makes um, sense. Yeah. They're they're both great actors, both of them. I love them both. So um yeah. And so the last one is funny. You were mentioning the Beatles songs and such from, from I am Sam. We just did this. Uh, it's our most recent episode on the masters of the cinematic universe podcast. Um, it's the across the universe. Um, so if you are a Beatles that, fan, yes. yeah, I, I recommend it for anybody who's a Beatles fan. Uh, it's beautifully done the whole movie. This is a musical. I mean, there is very, there is way more storytelling via Beatles music than, actual dialogue um the dialogue's great too but um it's a it's a fantastic movie it really is um and that gets me going every time and we we all had a good time uh doing that episode we might be we might be seeing a cease and desist because all we did was play the music from it <laughs> so we'll oh, yeah. you know we'll see what happens but it was the only way like it was funny yeah. joe joe picked that movie and none of us even thought about the fact that you know it's hard to to review a movie like that and do a deep dive because it's all music so we ended up you know playing all the songs and and talking about the scene after you know this the song played through and it ended up being a little bit of a sing-along too so i don't know how good that is but <laughs> uh but that movie itself is, is it's a wonderful movie I, I would recommend that to anyone who's into musicals and, and especially the beatles so Um, yeah, that one's, that one's good. You know, I, the Beatles are another one, of course, you know, growing up on my mom, uh, yep. was 14 or well, 13 when, when they came over and did Ed Sullivan. So she was yeah. in that, that perfect Beatlemania age. Yep. Um, yep. the nice thing is, is she kept all of her old records. So, oh, um, great. I am, uh, she ended up, she told me, she's like, when I die, you're going to get my record collection. When I die, you're going to get my record collection. And I said, Hey mom, when's the last time that you actually listened to any of those records? Cause they were up. Um, we've got a uh, vacation cottage up in Wisconsin yep. and I live in, I live at the uh, Southern tip of Lake Michigan here. Okay. And I said, those, those records have been up in Wisconsin for 25 years. When's the last time you actually listened to any of them? It's like, you know what? You're right. Yeah, next time you go up to Wisconsin, you can have those records. Just bring them back. So yeah, I've got all I've got all of her original Beatles. Um, you know, she was into all the other you know rock pop stuff, Herman's Hermits, Love and Spoonful. So I've got all the all the old classics. It's great. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, but going into Beatles movies, um, the one that came out a couple of years ago yesterday was. I, I like it. I thought it was an interesting concept how everybody in the world forgot the Beatles existed yep. except for this one guy. So then he plays yep. their music. Oh, I enjoy um, that movie a lot. But then there's uh there's one that um, when I tell people who it is, they give me flack for it just because I think it's, it's easy. But uh, the Bee Gees and Peter Frampton doing Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Movie. Oh, yeah. Oh like, yeah. That's uh that's a so bad it's good movie for me. I yeah. I, I actually saw that in the theater when it came out. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's it's 
I, I can't even use the word awful. It's just, it's not a good movie, but it's so not good. It's so fantastic. Like right. it gets your feet moving and it gets you, gives you goosebumps with the songs and the story and everything. Now I, I totally, totally love that movie. Really do. That and, you know, um, what's it called? The, uh, I think the, the most lasting song from that soundtrack is the, the Aerosmith doing come together. Yes. Yep. Exactly. You know, um, exactly. But, then you got George Burns as Mr. Kite. And like, yeah. yeah, it's just <laughs> like, like you said, it's just, it's so ridiculous. It's good. Yeah. So a hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. I think that'll be on the show. Eventually we, we got to be careful again. We, we, you know, the logistics behind doing a musical are a little difficult for a podcast, but it, we all love yeah. that movie so much that we might end up having to do it anyway. So it's cool. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Let's see who went. Who went last? Uh, well, I mean, I can do another one. Um, sure, go ahead. Yeah, so I got, um, you know, in the musical category, the nineteen eighty eight Hairspray, the John Waters version, which is the version um, with I, Ricky Lake and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Is Sonny yeah. Bono and and Divine and because it's so irreverent so out there especially for 1988 that's the thing like today if the movie was released well a lot of what happened in that movie couldn't happen today <laughs> they wouldn't release the movie and that's why the the 2007 version of it the broadway version of it was you know they they released that but yeah it just the the craziness cuz i love john waters i mean cry baby is another movie of his that i absolutely love um, and you know, cause he, he was, he was a genius and insane at the same time. And that's like the perfect combo for me. So, um, you know, yeah. So, so hairspray, the original hairspray is definitely a musical that I'll watch anytime it's on. You there? John? Hey. Nope, I'm not hearing nothing. Okay. So, uh, I was saying Jamerson's my favorite bass player. You know, he, he wrote things like mm-hmm. My Girl. Heard it through the grapevine. Um, yeah. You know, unfortunately, he had uh, substance abuse problems, and they ended up getting Bob Babbitt. And, I mean, he's a great bass player, too. But, you yeah. know, yeah. Just, to, just to think that a handful, of, a handful of players in the basement of a house in Detroit wrote more number one songs <laughs> Yeah. And um, the Beach Boys, the Rolling Stones, Elvis, and the Beatles combined. Right. Like it's crazy. Just, I know. I that's know. wild. So definitely, yeah. That one's yep. that yep. one's definitely up there for me on uh, on documentary style. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, so as far as the documentary goes. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of the band, but the last waltz is also 
like it's a flawless concert movie. <laughs> I mean, it's Martin Scorsese, so of course it is. But yeah, um, the, it made me appreciate the music of the band more. So actually, you know, I, I listen more often than I used to uh, to their stuff because that movie is just yeah that that's another one that that grabs me and will not let me go i'll watch it anytime it's on it's not on very often that's the thing but um it's such a beautifully made concert movie you know and uh just with the the guest stars rolling in and out and and everything it's it's a it's a super film and great music i lost you again bud I'm really going to have to figure this out. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, with, yeah. With no, I mean, I just, re- yeah, real quick story. I mean, we did, we did Jaws on the podcast uh, a few weeks back and we lost the last 45 minutes of Eric's audio and he was leading the episode. <laughs> that poor oh, guy no. was traveling for work. He was traveling for work the next week and he had to sit in his hotel room and record, listen to what we had and record what he thought he said <laughs> he went out of his mind and then joe had to edit it back in so dude i we trust me we're we are well aware of of the pitfalls of recording a podcast via the internet so i get it man that's that's funny oh it was, yeah, crazy. That would, it was nuts that would suck that would drive me that would drive me nuts if i was on air excited thing <laughs> Yeah, it didn't have it doesn't happen often, but yeah, it's frustrating when it does. So actually we just we used some of the sponsor money and bought a Roadcaster Pro and it's we only used it we used it the first time last night. Um and it's it's like night and day. First of all, it records everything. We still use the same hosting service, but it records everything, so we've always got a backup. We we'll never lose audio again and just the features and functions of it. Um it it's it's definitely worth the price, but uh yeah. I, I can, we've lived it, so I get it, but yeah. Um, yeah. The last waltz is great, man. Like I was saying it, it's documentary, but then the music is so big in it because you know, they yes. don't just here, here's part of a song. Here's part. Of, no, you're getting the whole performance. Exactly. So, you know, yep. um, I say one of my favorites is probably, um, the wait when they get the staple singers there. Yeah. And Pa Staples on guitar, Mavis hitting all those great vocals. Like, yeah, I know. Yeah, that's I know. Definitely. A, no, it, definitely. A it classic. captured. Yeah. It captured a moment in time and captured it perfectly. That's the thing. It's like, you know, how often is that going to happen when you, when you get the staples in there with, with the band and, and, and everything. Um, you yeah. Know, it's once Right, exactly. It's once in a lifetime, and it was captured so well. So, yeah, I, I definitely dig that one as a sort of a documentary musical, you know? Yeah. Um, so my last one that I have uh, a dive into before I get to my honorable mentions is a movie. Um, let's see. It came out in 98. It's called Velvet Goldmine. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. That's uh, the Glamrock, right, movie? Yes, yeah, yeah, it 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 essentially mirrors uh mirrors the lives of like David Bowie and Iggy Pop. And yeah. yep. um you know, there's there's a little Lou Reed character in there somewhere and it's it's just wild, you know, it ends up uh mm-hmm. I I love that glam rock stuff, you know, um it's things 
it's those bands, the proto-punk, that ended up getting the punks that I love nowadays, you know, to where they're at. So, right. <clears throat> um, the soundtrack, the soundtrack's great. You know, um, it's got some Bowie, it's got T-Rex. Uh, it's actually got um, what Ewan McGregor does, TVI from the Stooges, and Jonathan Reese Myers does uh, Babies on Fire from Brian Eno. So, right. Um, it's it's a little out there, you know, for mm-hmm. anybody who hasn't seen it. It's it's out there. It's I wouldn't put it as out there as Hedwig and the Angry Inch, but it's, right, right. It is a little bit like uh, acquired taste, maybe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's one like, oh my gosh, uh, right around the end of high school, like got me i started a uh started a glam rock band apparently that doesn't work out when new metal's the thing but uh <laughs> you know everybody everybody around town's trying to sound like corn and slipknot and stuff and here we are right. you know dressing in boas <laughs> like yeah yeah so um yeah that's the last on my list for that um let me go honorable mentions um okay so i've got one that would have made my ultimate list mm-hmm. if it wasn't that it is tied to a holiday and that's white Christmas. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, cause like, I'm not going to sit here, you know, in July and be like, you know what I want to watch white Christmas. But oh, of course, every, of course. Every year at Christmas time, you know, me and me and the wife have to find find two hours together and sit down and yeah. watch it. And, you know, it's, it's funny. You know, I, I, I like the, uh, the whole sister's routine. And then when uh, Danny Kay and, and Bing go to do it, you know, um, I'll still say things like must be beautiful in Vermont this time of year, all that snow, <laughs> you know, it's just, I don't know yeah. why. Like, it's no, just, it's great. It's it's great to have a movie like that 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 you know you can grab at the holidays. That's just you know, it's fun and uh, you know it, it makes memories for you. You know. Yeah, and I mean, you know that that one is uh, we started doing it as a yearly ritual because of of her. Uh-huh. But you know, then it's because of that that she gets to see Die Hard every year. So, <laughs> there you go. You know, <laughs> you got to give and take. You know, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I have, I have two. My the the last two I have, and they are on my honorable mention list. First, I can't, I, I couldn't talk about musicals without mentioning Rocky Horror Picture Show because it was so integral in my youth. I mean, you know, that was a Friday night thing that my cousin and I would go do. Um, go mm-hmm. to the theater and you know throw the rice and chuck the toast and you know scream the obscenities and it just meant a lot to us in uh you know that as a musical is great the music is fantastic in it you know and the performances are great so over the top um but they nailed it and i absolutely love that one definitely so and yeah wasn't that uh tim curry's first movie it was one of his early ones yeah one of his earlies definitely um and then meatloaf you know rest in peace sir uh you know and and uh, uh, Susan Sarandon and I cannot remember his name. I, I don't have it up in front of me, but 
Um, oh, you know what's funny? Barry Boswick? Yes, that's him. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I've got the the vision of him with his, you know, how he looks now with the gray hair and everything in my head. And it's like, okay, I know this guy's name with that. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Exactly. It's great. I found out from Eric that he, he does a lot of cons, a lot of, a lot of comic cons now. And he, uh, he has a stack of tidy whities that he signs and sells. Because <laughs> oh, that was the whole thing in the Rocky Horror was him wearing, you know, coming out in his underwear and, and uh, you know, uh, Dr. Frankenfurter getting excited about it. So yeah, he, he, he does that and sells those. It's pretty cool. So um, yeah. And the last one on my list is again, it's a nod to my dad. Um, he was a huge Gene Kelly fan and okay. uh, singing in the rain um, was one of his favorites that in American in Paris. But um, I, I do, I dig uh, singing in the rain. I mean, I saw it in a film class in college and uh, I'd seen it before that, but you know, it was an important movie uh, you know, in that genre. And uh, I absolutely love it. The dance routines and, and, you know, Donald O'Connor as well. And it, it just, yeah, it's a magical movie. So I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that one too. Yeah, and that's uh, you know that's one of those one of those classics that I think everybody should see at least once. Yes, I agree. I absolutely agree. If you're you any know, kind of musical fan, uh, yes, because you'll enjoy it. I mean, again, it's it's a it's a near perfect movie when it comes to that genre. You know, the old big '50s musicals. It's you know it leads the pack, and it's a perfect example of it. So. Yeah, I, I, I'd recommend that to anyone, definitely. So the uh, the last two on my list, mm-hmm. um, the one was kind of hard not to actually uh, bump one of the ones that I talked long about, but uh, the Blues Brothers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, growing up in Chicago, like, you know, there's so many of those places, like, what they filmed in that movie in, like, 79 or 80. So not much had changed between then and, you know, when, when I was coming up. So you had, uh, I want to say Chicago was kind of like, you know, dirty, like people think like seventies, New York. Yeah, of course. But, uh, you know, they've cleaned it up a lot now. Um, unfortunately there's, you know, all the, uh, all the violence over there, but whatever. Um, but yeah, the blues brothers, great flick. Um, I love that they got the uh, they got essentially the backing band from Stax. It's mostly you know members of Booker T and the MGs back there playing. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, and then all of the all the cameos: John Lee Hooker, Ray Charles, Aretha Franklin, James Brown is the Reverend uh, Cloethus James. Yeah, like, yeah, that and well. Come on, it's Belushi and Ackroyd, so. I know, exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely love that movie, too. You know, it could easily be on my I, list, so. I uh, I kind of wonder what Ghostbusters would have been had Belushi not died, you know. I know, um, I know, yeah, we it, talked it, about that instead, one. Instead, he just gets Slimer. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, yeah, it, it definitely would have been a different movie, but it it, it would have still been, you know, a classic, definitely. Yeah. So. Then uh, the last one on my list is SLC Punk. Yep, I've uh, seen it. I, I enjoy that movie yeah. too. Um, they 
they did a uh, a sequel to it that follows the child of Steve-O, um, Matthew Lillard's character. That one was meh, it was okay. But, you know, as for late 90s punk rock movies that are based in the 80s, that is definitely the top. Yes. You know, yep. Yep. Just, um, you know, I, I want to say, you know, you got things like uh, The Exploited, maybe X is on the soundtrack. Of, it, it's hard to even remember, but like being a big punk fan, it's definitely, you know, a, pretty much a history lesson. So, um, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's uh, Matthew here. Lillard, right? Isn't that one? He, correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, yep. he's the, uh, the main character. Yep. And then, uh, actually one thing I didn't notice, um, when I first started seeing this guy other places, um, like, uh, what was the name of that movie? I love you, man with Paul Rudd. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and saving Sarah Marshall mm-hmm. is that, uh, what's that Jason, um, uh, Jason Siegel. Yeah. Yep. Jason Jason Siegel. Yeah, I didn't realize that he was like the um the straight ahead looking punk in that movie. Ah, okay. So it must have been must have been like right after Freaks and Geeks or something. But yeah. Yeah, that like, makes sense. Yeah. Yep. The uh just with the the glasses and the way they did his hair, yeah, I had no clue it was the same dude. So, no, that's yeah. I'm looking it up. That was his third movie, actually. It was before Freaks and okay. Geeks. It was right before Freaks and Geeks. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah. He was. Uh, oh, I just. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm getting distracted here. But I just noticed his very first movie was the the teen movie Can't Hardly Wait, which is one of my favorite like that genre of movie. He was. He had a bit part in that one, but uh, yeah. Can't hardly wait. I think that's the one. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Yep. That's the one. Um, I had a band. Uh, I want to say it was maybe in maybe in high school, maybe just outside of high school. And you know, when you're trying to figure out a band name, it's almost impossible. You're like, all oh, the good ones are. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you know, me and me and my buddies were. Uh, out in our own little world, and we decided um, that Jennifer Love Hewitt's character from that movie, Amanda Beckett, that yep. it would be funny if she um, got addicted to chocolate fudge and just blew up like a blimp. <laughs> so we we named our band Amanda Beckett's Obsession for Chocolate Fudge. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> and it's like, you know, what's one of the worst band names you've ever heard? Well, this one, because you're never going to remember all of it. Exactly. You know. uh, that's great though. That's very cool. Um so well that we killed just about an hour here, man. Yeah, um, pretty cool. It, um now I know you already said 37 FX, the word 30, the number seven fx.com is where yep. they can uh people can go find your uh your builds. But, yeah, the builds um, and if you, also on Instagram, 37 effects on Instagram. So if you want to, you know, hit me up with a private message for a request or something, it's just as easy to do it that way. Uh, so, yeah. And then um, Masters of the Cinematic Universe is on all of the major streaming services. 
Yes, um, that's correct. Yeah. And your your other, I, it's funny. I've listened yeah. to like five episodes of the other one, but I, I forget the name. It's called Just Surprise Me. And Just Surprise wow, Me. The fact that you made it through five episodes is pretty good. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's a love it or hate it show. I'm, I'm being honest. I mean, we have a blast. We have an absolute blast doing it, but uh, it, there's definitely an acquired taste. So. Uh, again, it's very um, adult, but it's fun. A lot of fun topics come up, and we've got a great, very um, active uh, Patreon chat group um, that that is hundreds of messages a day. I actually had to mute it because my phone would go crazy. But uh, you know, we, yeah, it's it's a fun group of people uh, that listen and then participate. So I I recommend both of those podcasts definitely. And then. Uh... Just as a final reminder, on the 26th, you're going to be in Orlando doing a live version of Masters. Yep, absolutely. Um, MysticCon. MysticCon. Yeah. So it's, I think it's mycon.com if you want to check the website out, mycon.com. But it's MysticCon is the convention. So, yeah, we're, we're excited about cool. it, definitely. Yeah. Um, do you have anything anything else to to plug before we get out of here? Uh, no, but I I feel bad because I talked a lot about Eric's talents as an artist and a podcast host, but my other co-host Joe O'Rourke, who is the he is the mastermind behind all of this, uh, behind just surprise me and and behind Masters of the Cinematic Universe. He does all of our editing, and he does it so beautifully. And he's got a pedal company, a really cool, unique pedal company and he makes a lot of good stuff it's called like my pedals uh you can find him on facebook so facebook.com backslash like my pedals uh he also does commission work for his pedals he does custom artwork on anything and everything um and i would highly recommend checking his pedals out because they're they're stunning and they are fantastic uh pedals uh the the, the build quality and um and everything about it so um, you know, I um, I haven't heard them yet, but I can definitely yeah. verify. I went to the website uh, a few days ago, and yeah, the uh, the art that he puts on, yep, is freaking great. Yeah, um, I know the, there was one that looked like a Dewalt toolbox. Yeah, exactly. That's the one that put him on the map. That's the one that definitely oh, really? opened things up for Joe as he did that, and you know he he. It, it, it ended up getting grabbed on a lot of Instagram pages and, and such. And that really put Joe on the map. Um, his Wells delay, it's called the Wells delay. Honestly, within the industry, within the music industry, it is hugely popular. And it's, it's um, as delay pedals go, it is not at all expensive, but it is one of the best delays on the market. So I, I, again, I can't say enough about Joe as a human and uh, his work ethic and everything else and, and his products. Coolest, coolest dude. So I love you brothers. <laughs> yeah. All so, right, yeah that's all good. I got. Yeah. It was good talking to you this morning. And uh, like I said, this will, this will be up here in uh, probably in the next couple hours. Excellent. So, I'm looking forward yeah, to it. For, uh, I'm, I'm going to plug it like crazy on all my, uh, all my platforms. So, I, you know, Appreciate I say that. that like I have a big following, <laughs> but I hopefully we can we can generate a little bump in, in listenership. But, uh, you know, but, yeah, I'll, I'm going to be plugging it uh, when it comes out. Hey, so, one one person is one person. That's know. the way I look at it, too. You got it. So. So. All right, man. Well, you have yourself a good one. I'll uh, I'll be hitting you up soon here. 
Yeah, John, thank you so much for having me, man. It was a good time. All right, take it easy, Doug.